today on the J. Doherty Podcast. The Trump administration continues their crackdown on illegal immigration in the United States. Acting Director of Citizenship and Immigration Services Ken Cuccinelli is live at the White House giving updates on Trump's policy. Also, national stock markets take an expected big hit as the trade war between China and the United States continues. We'll take a look at what's making news in business. Finally, an update on the Hong Kong protests going on. TJDP is following some breaking news at Hong Kong International Airport where they've grounded nearly all flights in response to the many protests. All of that and more on episode number 99 of the Jay Doherty Podcast. This is the Jay Doherty Podcast. And now, broadcasting live from downtown Chicago, here's your host, Jay Doherty. That is correct, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Jay Doherty Podcast. My name is Jay Doherty. Thank you for being here. It's episode number 99, Monday, August 12, 2019, broadcasting live right now, noon sharp. It's actually 12.02 right now after I said that. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the podcast. A lot of news, both uh, domestically and internationally. Today, the Trump administration published a regulation that cracks down on, on immigration uh, in terms of policy. The you, You're starting to see now, in terms of at least immigration, the rhetoric starting to uh, come to fruition in the form of policy. We'll take a look at that, analyze uh, how the media is covering it, and also uh, what the news actually means on the day-to-day aspect of Americans' lives. Also, some financial news, both na- uh, nationally and internationally. Of course, the trade war continues uh, with China, and it's affecting the U.S. markets along with some of the world markets. We'll talk about what that means. And also, Goldman Sachs, they're recommending buying high-service or ser- service-providing stocks and avoiding goods-producing companies. We'll talk about why they're recommending that. And speaking of Goldman Sachs, the Apple Card is starting to get in the hands of many people. We'll talk about what that means and if Apple is going to follow through on their many promises for this card. And finally, we'll talk about the Hong Kong protests. It's the 11th consecutive week of these many protests, uh, and there's a, there are a lot of measures like shutting down the airport and others that have uh, become a reality from the Hong Kong government. We'll talk about what the protest means and then also what uh, how, how uh, the governments of these countries are responding to it. First, though, we got to talk about immigration. Uh, busy weekend, actually, for immigration uh, enforcement. You see now the the stuff that Trump has, the crazy stuff that Trump has proposed, um, is starting to come to reality. Today, the Trump administration published a regulation, an 837-page regulation, that uh, would lower the amount of uh, legal immigrants allowed to enter and stay in the United States. Legal immigrants. Not illegal, legal. So that he, he's lowering the amount of legal immigrants to be entered and stay in the United States. Now, you're probably asking, well, how would one do this? You can't prevent someone from legally trying to, uh, you know, enter this country unless you were to shut down the places. Well, he didn't do that, and I don't think he plans to, for many reasons, of course. He just added to the logistical nightmare that already exists whenever you apply to be a U.S. citizen. Of course, this isn't the first time. It, it is a first in many ways, though, in terms of policy for Trump to prevent legal immigrants coming into the country uh, by adding more processes uh, in policy-wise uh, in terms of entering the country. What's not new, though, and what actually happened over the weekend are these raids. Over 30 immigrants arrested in this weekend alone, uh, and there's been uh, nearly seven 
700 raids so far on many, many uh, supposedly illegal immigrants in this country. One of the raids uh, what happened to Magdalena Gomez Gregorio's father. Magdalena is an 11-year-old girl who lives in Mississippi. In a viral video that has now millions of views, she is shown begging for her dad to be released, citing that he did nothing wrong. I need my dad for me. <laughs> my dad didn't do nothing. He's not a criminal. So she came home from school. She's an 11-year-old girl. Her father was taken away by ICE, who arrested her for being there, uh, being in the country, supposedly illegally. So she came home to her dad not being there because she was because he was uh, just all of a sudden taken away by uh, ICE as ordered by the Trump administration. Now, this begs the question, this is clearly that video, even if you're against uh, immigration, or sorry, if you're for the policy that Trump uh, is promoting with people being arrested, it certainly tugs on uh, your heart to, to hear someone like that uh, you know, feel so emotional and, and just be so sad at, at, this, at the result of Trump's policy actually, you know, coming alive. Um, and that begs the question, well, does the Trump administration feel, feel bad about this? What, you know, of course their policy seems like it makes sense when it's being proposed, but in many ways, just like so much policy, uh, it, it doesn't always play out the same way when it actually is being implemented on a day-to-day -day level. The acting commissioner of U.S. Customs and Border Protection, Mark Morgan, uh, wanted to answer that question, whether or not this policy, in his mind, in the administration's mind, is working as they plan for it to be working. He appeared on Jake Tapper's State of the Union show this Sunday. Jake played that video for Mark, and he responded accordingly. So I understand that the girl's upset, and I get that. But her father committed a crime. Okay, so I... Jeez, that's a... That's a on a purely objective level, uh, Mark Morgan should have responded. Should not have responded that way. He should have responded in a very different way. Uh, I understand his point, and there's a very artful way, in, at least politically, uh, in terms for of him to to uh, you know uh, combat this. Of course, that's the point. He got right to the point, but you have to realize these are like people's lives, and there's a, you can kind of stay more on that subject as opposed to jumping right into the uh, hardcore facts of this, uh, at least when you're on TV. When you're in front of administration, you know, figures, especially those who are agreeing with you constantly, like the president, uh, I would understand getting to the point. But you have to just play with, you, you, have to, you have to tend to the general public when you're on national TV. You can't just say what he just said, saying that this, that this girl's father committed a crime. A better way, at least in my opinion, for him to go about this would be to say something like, it is totally unfair for this little girl to, go, to be going through this. She did nothing to deserve anything like this, uh, and, you know, it, it really makes you look, uh, you know, that, that's what he should have said. Uh, it, 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 make it about the little girl who is crying as a result of who, of her father being taken away. The little girl did nothing wrong. She, it's not her fault that she was born into a situation that she could not control. And instead, this Mark Morgan, for some reason, and I'm even get this is more advice than anything else. He just drags it right back to the father and, and continues to press on. I think people would be a little bit more open to the idea of illegal immigration if if 
or to uh, preventing or at least at least implementing stronger measures to prevent illegal immigration if uh, the Trump administration and the figures that represent it were more artful in their delivery. Now, that's not to say that this policy generally affects people who are literally looking for better lives for them and their children. Uh, in fact, you could even look and make the argument just, uh, you know, solidly on the left by yourself that, you know, these people, her father and her mother both came to this, and I don't actually, I don't know anything about her mother, so let's just stick to her father. Her father came to this country for her uh, so she could have a better life and, you know, so he could have a better life. Uh, And I'm sure she is just very, uh, she recognizes uh, the sacrifice that uh, her father made uh, for, for her, and, uh, I suppose they were just living in fear, uh, it's caused so many people, these raids have been just so, you know, hegemonic, uh, to, to the general public of America, not only, uh, Hispanics, but also friends of Hispanics, people who, who, uh, you know, could be raided at any minute, it's been just, just incredibly fear-mongering, and, and almost abusive in that way. Uh, so that's what uh, Mark Morgan uh, said on CNN in response to that video. But he also defended the policy, and this is what, of course, uh, many of the networks, as I've said for so long, are are so skewed to the left, except for Fox, which has just gone so skewed to the right, it's unbelievable. But in all fairness, a lot of the shows on CNN, even I was watching, literally, I was watching the newsroom show on CNN the other day. And Anna Cabrera, I believe is her name, uh, she just interjected this, like, massive, very blatant opinion into her story. And I'm all for having opinions and, and such, but it, it, the show is called Newsroom. It's not called Opinion Show. It's not a primetime show like uh, Chris Cuomo and Anderson Cooper, and more recently, more prominently, Aaron Burnett. I'm not talking about that. I mean, this, this was a newsroom show. And that, that same ideology goes for, for Fox. And it seems like, just because Fox, statistically, has been getting such better ratings, CNN is trying to implement the same strategy, except go in the different direction, by having the same format of content, having the same incredible bias, and uh, feeding off of that bias, but also, uh, you know, saying you know, interjecting opinion and, and, and still reporting the facts in some way. That said, I still respect CNN as an institution far more than I do Fox, even though they draw three times the, the viewership on an average night. CNN plays the clip of uh, Mark Morgan responding to, uh, to, to the little girl's claims uh, over and over and over again and saying that it's a massive failure for the Trump administration. I completely agree. He did a terrible job uh, in that segment, although he did do a decent job in defending the overall policy uh, independent of what this, girl, what this little girl's response was. Again, that's I, I don't mean to sound in any way uh, against 
the the you know or for the policy and against the little girl. I'm so I'm totally against the policy. I think there's far more uh, strategic ways to go about this if you're going to go about it. Uh, and I am very sympathetic to this girl because she did not deserve it, and it is just very very sad to see that see what she had to go through uh, for no reason whatsoever. Uh, at least in in terms of you know, her being her. Uh, so, that's that. Um, Mark Morgan, though, independent of this girl, defended the policy on, on the Jake, on Jake Tapper's show, which was, I believe, and I would assume what the interview request was all about in the first place. He, uh, on, on the, uh, uh, CNN's uh, State of the Union show on Sunday said this about the policy. Well, I'm saying why so, you're so focusing they, more they, on the companies and the, and the business they, owners. They, they are. I, again, this was a joint criminal investigation between ICE and the Department of Justice, which was targeting the companies that were hiring illegal aliens. Are there any That's charges exactly, against the companies or the business owners? It's a pending investigation right now. There's a criminal search warrant to go in there to collect more information, more intelligence, and that investigation is ongoing. But that's the intent of that investigation. So the reason he asked that, the the reason he asked this first thing... Well, I'm saying, why so, aren't you so focusing they, more they, on the companies and the, and the business they, owners? They, so that's actually a really good question. And the thing that sprouted upon that is, well, this, all of this actually happened, most of it actually happened in Mississippi. And Mississippi is a huge manufacturing town, lots of jobs um, in, the, in the industry, uh, in the industrial field and, and such. Uh, and, and, and there was a lot, um, a lot of jobs there, a lot held supposedly or allegedly by illegal immigrants. And this is why the, uh, this is why ICE is going after, uh, after these places. Um, and after these people actually more so, um, and Jake Tapper's question, which is the same question I have, why are you going after the people? Why are you going after the huge companies ran, run co- totally by completely very conservative corporate white men who are running and employing these allegedly illegal immigrants taking advantage of the Republican tax cuts, why aren't you going after them as opposed to the people they are employed by? Or they employ, actually. Sorry. Why are you, like, that? I mean, it really makes no sense. The fish rots from the head. These immigrants are, in many cases, at the bottom of the whole entire corporate scheme. They're, you know, are very hard workers, uh, generally, um, and, and the the false narrative that the Trump administration paints of them, saying that they're all fraudsters, that they're killers and rapists and, and other things, that's just completely false. It's completely, completely false. It, it's almost like, it's almost like it's fake news. But that that's that's the case. Uh, I I think Mark Morgan did a decent job, especially when he cited that pending investigation. He did a terrible job generally, and overall I would give him a total D-minus on this whole interview uh, with Jake Tapper, although some of the points, if you watch the whole thing, uh, should be noted, and he actually deserves some credit on some of them. Again, I'm judging all of his statements independent of one another when I say that, uh, and, and yeah, that, that that's just my opinion on there, uh, on that matter. You know, his other opinion has been made very public recently, especially on uh, the big the big networks. Anthony Scaramucci, remember him? He he appeared on CNN, uh, I think Friday, and then he appeared on there this morning. I was watching when he was when he came on, and he basically just completely 
turned on Trump. Just to remind you, Anthony Scaramucci was the uh, was temporarily very short term, uh, eleven day. Uh, he held uh, the position of White House communications director for eleven days, and. He was in the White House. He basically uh, had Sarah Sanders... Well, he, he was the head of all communications, so he dealt with the press. He ordered the press secretary around. This was back in the days of uh, Sean Spicer and, and Sarah Huckabee Sanders. He held this day for... Uh, he held this position for 11 days. He's been very good friends with Trump. He's been a business associate of Trump. And on CNN today, he basically just turned on him. He comes back from the two shooting areas. That was like a total catastrophe because the only thing he was doing in those areas was talking about himself and praising himself and, and crowd sizes. And so it just one day after the next, it gets worse and worse and worse. And in the meantime, as you know, in a chair like this or inside your studio or elsewhere, you know, I got fired two years ago and have tried to stay very loyal to him and very loyal to the agenda because I think the policies are very, very good for the American people. But the rhetoric is so charged and so divisive that we have to all just take a step back now and say, what, what are we doing, actually? So uh, one thing that I find reprehensible, and the president continues to do this, and I think what will en end up happening is sound and reasonably minded men and women in the Republican Party will say, wait a minute, we can't do this. He is giving people a license to hate, uh, to provide a source of anger, to go after each other. Uh, and he does it on his Twitter account. So let's just stop for a second and think about this. Uh, we, we ignore it, but he goes after people personally. Going after me personally, no problem. I'm a big boy. I can take it. Donnie Deutsch can take it. But he goes after indiv individuals uh, as the president of the United States on his Twitter account. That's what he does. And actually, I, I have a lot of very conservative uh, friends who feel the same way. They like his policies. In fact, I, if I were a conservative, I would be a fan of his policies. In fact, if I were to tap into the very right, right, right side of my mind, I would not be opposed to his many policies. If you read the documents and the policy that his administration is being put forward, none of which he writes, I would, I, you know, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be totally opposed to it if I were a Republican. If. I'm a Republican. I'm an independent. I am not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I am independent. So Anthony Scaramucci uh, totally turned on Trump, basically. Uh, in fact, he followed up at 6.50 a.m. this morning, saying on Twitter, To those asking what took so long, you're right. I tried to see the best in Donald Trump based on private interactions and select policy alignment, but his increasingly divisive rhetoric and damage it's doing to the fabric of our society outweighs any short-term economic gain. Very well said, Mr. Scaramucci. People on Twitter uh, agree with him. Uh, some disagree, though. For example, at uh, SassyKDK says, just a rat abandoning a sinking ship. Still a rat. Well, you said the ship is still sinking, so I don't know if you're a Trump supporter, but you said the ship is still sinking. So I, I don't know... Uh, you know, what that means. A lot of people uh, disagree with him, actually. There are some good, but I think the 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 disagreements are much more entertaining to read. 
at plays trump card says hello i'm anthony scaramucci and while i may be unemployable in gop circles i think i can still get a paycheck if i spout nearly verbatim all the leftist and uh, current anti-donald trump narratives because the democrats need 11 days of white house insight to win very very interesting insight sir so yeah, that's that's the deal with Anthony Scaramucci. I'm not surprised he turned on Trump. Uh, that's just my opinion. Uh, well, actually, no, I actually am surprised. Uh, I I didn't see it coming at all. I don't think anyone saw it coming. He he just kind of got back in the news again. Uh, totally his choice. He's appeared on networks. I don't know what the deal is with you know in his in his life, but he's felt inclined to appear on the big networks and actually a lot of the uh, liberal networks. And he says that his policy is being good, is doing well for the American people. A lot of his fiscal policy, I I would even agree with some of that, specifically fiscal policy. <laughs> uh, but that's what he says, and I I agree partially with his statements, and I and I empathize with him, and um, you know I think a lot of conservatives, whether they publicly express that or not, they do feel that his rhetoric is divisive, and. That's that's really the big uh, the big thing to take away from this. That's Anthony Scaramucci. That's the immigration policy. We're going to move on now to some finance news. That uh, huge trade war that's happening continues to ensue upon the United States and China. All that and more is next on the Jay Doherty podcast. Take a look at the markets right now. The Dow down now a full percent. It opened at down uh, 65% or 0.65%, sorry. <laughs> I imagine it was 65%. No, it opened up 0.65%. Last time we checked, which is about 21 minutes and 42 seconds ago, it was uh, at 0.95 that was down. Now it's down a complete percent. That's down 263.55 points at 26023.89. NASDAQ down uh, 0.77% at 7897.63, down 61.51. And the S&P 500, which rapidly seems to be going up and down, but in the mostly down area in the negative territory, 2892, down 0.89% at negative 2581. Um... The world markets have reacted kind of in a, in a very strange way if we look at the at least the daily or the weekly uh, timelines. Hong Kong, which we'll talk about later in the Hang Seng market, 25824.72 down 114.07 at negative uh, 0.44%. In commodities, oil is up 0.59%. Of course, oil has very little to do with the China trade war, but it's why I always like to mention it. Um, but... Yeah, the stock markets are down, um, and it's just this tariff war with uh, Trump and China, with Xi Jinping and Donald Trump. They're fighting. Uh, there's fear of a recession. I don't know if that's going to ultimately be the case. Trump said he's not willing to make a deal at the moment. I suppose he's just waiting waiting for it to, be, uh, to get worse. Uh, but China owes us so much, and I've said this for so long. China, I mean, literally, in, in almost all circumstances, actually in all circumstances, pretty much, uh, and of course this is dependent upon the leader, whether or not they are willing or able to negotiate accordingly to their very heavy amount of power, but China is number two and, cl- and very close to being number one in many things. The one thing that they have just completely outperformed everything in 
in literally everything, is distribution and manufacturing. That's inarguable. The United States uh, just fails in so many ways in terms of, you know, production of, of goods. Everything is made in China. It boosts their economy. We are in debt to them trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. And we're not doing anything about it. Uh, so they could threaten to attack us any day now. And I'm not saying it's going to happen in 10 to 20 years. I think it's possible if this were to go on and we continue to, uh, and, and not that we have a bad relationship now, but if we stoke the fire and have good, you know, speaking terms relationship, but then don't actually, in terms of policy and, and things that actually makes, you know, make a difference to the Chinese people and to the American people, it's very, very scary. And um, I think in the long term, if China gets a new leader that is really going to more um, uh, vindictively and decisively and efficiently act upon the decisions, they will realize that the United States is not doing anything really good for them. At least they will corner them into doing that position, potentially threaten to attack them either through sanctions and tariffs or through uh, bombs and warships. You never really know. And of course, I'm talking about the very distant future. But we, you know, we owe so much to China, and this trade war is just emblematic of that. For more on this, we go to Goldman Sachs, who recommends buying service-providing stocks and avoiding good produ goods-producing companies. CNBC is reporting that Goldman Sachs chief U.S. equity strategist David Costin told clients, quote, services stocks have less exposure to trade conflict given they have lower foreign input costs that may be subject to tariffs and lower non-U.S. sales than good for goods firms. In other words, uh, tangible stock, uh, tangible products uh, are are less value valuable, at least in the United States, than um, than non tangible ones like services, like consulting, like big firms and, and and such, like lawyers and other things. I mean, that's from the beginning kind of been the the strategy in America. I mean, it's you build your own business, you do what you do, and uh, if you are a lawyer or a consulting firm or you want to help out people just by offering a non-tangible service, a purely intellectual uh, property, a value that is not, that you can't hold in your hands, that you must hold in your brain, that's a thing to invest in during this China trade war. It will prevent a recession, they say. Services and stocks have outperformed goods providing stocks by 530 basis points in 2019 and by 150 points in the third quarter. That, again, according to David Costin, the chief equity strategist in the United States for Goldman Sachs. What do you think? 312-625-8492. Speaking of Goldman Sachs... The Apple card. Do you remember that? Apple, uh, we had live coverage of this, but in March, Apple had this very strange event um, about uh, services. That was their whole goal, announcing services. And um, one of these many services, in addition to an Apple Arcade for gamers on iOS and uh, and also a uh, Apple TV subscription service, one of uh, and it, that actually many of the films that they make are produced by Apple themselves. One of the trailers was released this morning at 7 a.m. for a news uh, kind of a news skit show featuring Steve Carell and other actors that I don't know their names. 
and wouldn't be able to tell you they are because I'm just unfamiliar with that stuff. I don't choose to waste my time on that. I only like news that affects people's lives. But Apple Card is one of these services. They say, Apple says it completely rethinks everything about the credit card. It represents all of the things Apple stands for. Simplicity, transparency, and privacy. And it's the first card that actually encourages you to pay less interest. Out of all those things, actually I think all those things are pretty true. The big selling point, at least to the general public, is that it encourages you to pay less interest and is not so complicated, and it doesn't make you go through the bureaucratic red tape that many other large credit comp- credit credit card companies uh, force you to go through by calling them and, and rescheduling and you know uh, asking about a payment. It's all done through their very powerful uh, software system that they have, uh, and it's really, really, really. It's actually a really good idea. I don't know if they're going to. Uh, as Robert California says, utterly botch it in execution. But Tim Cook doesn't think so. While we all need them, there are some things about the credit card experience that could be so much better. By bringing together our hardware, software, and services, we're going to do all of this and so much more, changing the entire credit card experience. Today, we're introducing a brand new service, and we call it Apple Card. Apple Card was created by Apple and built on principles that we stand for, like simplicity and transparency and privacy. It's a beautiful uh, look to the card. Now, of course, you're thinking, well, okay, this this thing uh, seems like, you know, it's just an extension of Apple Pay, right? Many use Apple Pay, including myself. I have an iPhone 10. I uh, really like Apple's products. I have, I'm recording this into an iMac right now. I have an Apple laptop sitting in front of me. Uh, I used to have an Apple Watch. I just consumed completely into the ecosystem of Apple. I hate iCloud, though. Uh, It's one of the biggest fails, in my opinion. At least iCloud Drive is a big fail, in my opinion. Uh, Especially uh, in relative to the competitors. But that's a a whole other story. The The good thing about this is that it keeps your life and your finances organized in a in a consolidated platform unlike many other credit cards even the ones that have apps apple says when you buy something using apple card you get a percentage of your purchase back in what they call daily cash now this is a big selling point for many people daily cash that's this new product that they that they uh or their new there's this new term they've invented so uh, whenever you buy something, and you know, of course, credit cards claim that they have percentage backs and, and things like that. Um, Apple Card, uh, at least relative to others, they they will offer you three percent back on Apple purchases, two percent on all purchases via Apple Pay, which is actually big because you don't even need to have, uh, you don't even you know you don't even need to have a physical card with you, and then one percent on all other purchases. Compare that to City Double Cash, two percent. Uh, uh, on um, and, and then also one percent on on all purchases and one percent when you pay back. Chase Freedom Unlimited, you get one one and a half percent on uh, all purchases via the Visa card, and then on Capital One Quick Silver, you get one point five percent on all purchases. Uh, back as well. So Apple has a pretty good deal going for them. Uh, hopefully they don't mess it up, and of course that begs the question: Well. 
that's great if you have Apple Pay and that's great if you want to have this credit card. But what about the people, what about the vendors that don't have Apple Pay, the many vendors that don't have Apple Pay? Well, for that, they've actually created a physical card. Now, I think this is, this whole idea, when I when I heard it, I was thinking, wow, this is really such a, a forward-thinking idea. You're going to take the card, virtualize it, digitalize it, make it secure, make it on your phone, have everything in one place, and be preparing for the future. Make it cashless. Make it, make, make the need for a physical object disappear. Then they didn't, and uh, they introduced the Apple physical card. It's completely made out of titanium. It has just your name on it and the Apple logo. It looks beautiful, and that's that that's that's literally it that that it's just your name and it has the apple logo on it it's completely titanium you use it at places that don't have apple pay yet and that's it it's just a big branding thing it's the good thing i i suppose for the many people who use credit cards is that this is not owned by a bank so they're not going to encourage you to pay more interest or less interest or, you know, try and skew you, play you like a tool for their financial gain. And the reason I open with speaking of Goldman Sachs is because Goldman Sachs is actually partnering with Apple on this whole thing. So their big slogan for this whole card is, um, they actually, and their front thing, uh, their front page, the big promo that's actually on all the advertisements, a new kind of credit card created by Apple, not a bank. Well, uh, you have a big MasterCard logo on the front, and you have Goldman Sachs on the back. So those, at least one of them, seems to be a uh, bank, and the other one is a credible financial institution. So there are a little bit of loopholes. Not many, though. I, w- I will say that. Um, the the big thing, in in my opinion, is this daily cash. The other thing is the, the, the fees. Now, they advertise a little bit... Uh, in a, in a little bit in a deceiving way. Um, they say that there's no hidden fees, there's no fees at all. That's not entirely true. The fees that don't exist, and the ones that they advertise uh, the lack of existence to, for, and of, there's no annual fee, there's no balance transfer fee, no reward redemption fee, no return payment fee, no over-limit fee, no paper statement fee, no cash advance fee, no financing fee, no credit limit increase fee, no expedited payment fee, no express card delivery fee, no reward recovery fee, no reinstatement fee, no setup fee, no maintenance fee, and they call it no hidden fees. Well, we gotta fact check that, don't we? That's just, that's just the nature. Well, mm, let's just let's just fact check. Fact check. Sorry, hold on. Fact check that. In the very very small 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 font at the bottom of this page, you see well, two things actually. Number four: If you miss a payment, we won't charge you a late fee or apply a new interest rate. However. You will continue to accrue interest on your balance at your regular interest rate, which is fair. I understand that. They have to do that, just like all companies do. Um, they also write that interest estimates are based on your posted account uh, balance after the time at the time uh, of the estimate and do not include pending transactions or any other purchases you may make before the end of the billing period. Software is subject to change. 
Uh, and then there, I think there's, um, let's see, th- there's a lot of other fine text, like daily cl- cash is subject to exclusion and additional details apply, very vague information there put for legal sake. There's also some unmentioned banks that are used by this. It's uh, Green Dot Bank is what they're using alongside Goldman's, uh, Goldman Sachs, which is actually issued uh, off of in Utah. Uh, a lot of things they don't tell you that you really have to dig deep to find. And uh, so, for example, the like Green Dot Bank, MasterCard, uh, what else? Uh, Goldman Sachs, of course. Those are the three banks. They really only advertise Goldman Sachs. They don't really talk about MasterCard so much because it's all about Apple, right? But that's what they say. That's what they say. I think it's going to be a good card. I hope it uh, it works. I hope they don't utterly botch it in execution. Uh, but it's a great idea, and I hope it does well. People are starting to get their hands on it. MKBHD got his on, hands on it. The uh, fabulous reporters at the Washington or no, at the Wall Street Journal uh, got their hands on it, and uh, I believe it's going to become available to the public in the coming days uh, because on their websites it's coming this summer, but there's only 20 days, something like that, left of summer, so it's going quickly, but uh, we'll see what happens to the Apple card, all of that and more. We're going to follow the story on the Jay Doherty podcast. Coming up next, we got to talk about uh, the Hong Kong protest, about this Chinese extradition bill, 11th consecutive week of this thing. It's not going well, and uh, the government realizes that, all that more next on the Jay Doherty podcast. Violence is fast becoming the norm as Hong Kong enters its 11th week of consecutive protests. They first began in June, and it's all about a now-suspended Chinese extradition bill, writes CNN. We're following this breaking story right now. All flights are grounded right now out of the Hong Kong airport. That means that more than 70 arriving flights were also stopped. In the early evening, the airport was filled with confused and frustrated travelers who were not sure if their flights had been canceled or not. Hundreds of thousands of protesters have been taking to Hong Kong streets since early June, spurred by their opposition to a proposed bill that would have allowed people in the city to be extradited to mainland China. Completely unfair measure, and all of that, uh, which I just read, was from CNN's live updates from reporters on the ground in Hong Kong. Very, very scary situation here, and they have the absolute right to protest uh, these terrible measures that are being uh, that are being proposed. It's now suspended, though. Um, there's been supposedly a lot of police brutality at these at these. Uh, you know, uh, combating these events, combating these many protests. Uh, there's a lot of requests from the citizen side for a greater democracy, a more prevalent democracy, and a more fair government overall. But over these couple of weeks, it seemed that the general message of these protests shifted from a Hong Kong and Chinese extradition bill, now that it's been suspended and now more towards to the police. They're trying to protest the police. The police are combating them. Just just let that sink in for a second. They're, they're protesting. I mean, this isn't a new thing. There's been Black Lives Matter marches. There have been so many other uh, things, you know, protesting pr- police brutality. But the thing is, I mean, it, you know, who are you going to call 
if there's something going going wrong, and also, like, these people are supposed to protect you, but if you're continually insulting them, they don't have the direct incentive, at least personally and emotionally, to protect you. They just have to do their job. But they can't do their job well, and they're not doing their job well if they're, you know, using brutal force and abuse of power, which is what many people are alleging they are doing, and I believe them. The Hong Kong protests have gone pretty wild. This is what they sounded like before. People just screaming in crowded places. Uh, it seems, supposedly, that that's the same way, but the airports are so crowded that you can barely walk through them, and police are just uh, beating people uh, rapidly, uh, even though this bill has actually been uh, opposed by... Um, the leader of Hong Kong. Of course, you uh, hear them uh, protesting in, in, in their language, um, but uh, the chief executive of Hong Kong, uh, Carrie Lam, basically uh, took a while, but she, she understood. She heard the people. She stopped this. She opposed it. Um, and uh, so, I mean... Yeah, I think it's it's not even, of course, I to be honest, I, I don't think this issue is, is about, uh, anymore at least, it's about the Chinese extradition bill, I think it's about police brutality, and that's just my little uneducated opinion about it. There's been a lot of anger at the police, and we're continuing to follow updates, in fact, well, we'll take a look here in our uh, newsroom here, that's, that's a joke, but... Um, the White House actually just, from from what I can see here, uh, the White House just issued a statement saying that uh, they want all sides to refrain from violence. Um, there's a lot of people just protesting generally. In fact, oh, it looks like they've actually uh, began to sit down um, and just uh, basically have a sit-in during in the airport. You can barely, you cannot walk through there. It looks like they've just overcrowded it in in, in their protest, um, and um, this, of course, has prompted many statements uh, from the Hong Kong government. Um, Men Men Ke Tam, the director of Amnesty International Hong Kong Airport, uh, said in a statement, "Quote: Hong Kong police have once again used tear gas and rubber bullets in a way that have fallen short of international standards." So. He now, which is, this is a breaking news in terms of um, Hong Kong and, and even international policy, uh, you know, it's starting to become real. The government is even acknowledging the brutality of their own police. The statement reads, firing at retreating protesters in confined areas where they had little uh, time to leave goes against the perp uh, the purported object of dispensing a crowd. The Hong Kong police have once again demonstrated how to not how not to police a protest. Law enforcement officials must be able to carry out their duty to protect the public. However, violence directed at police does not give officers a green light to operate outside of international policing standards. That's what Amnesty International guy. He's an he's an activist. That's what he said in response to it. We'll see what the government says. Uh, I don't know what's going to come about of this. Uh, this Hong Kong thing, it really needs to stop, but I think it's it's a, it's significant that, that this guy's weighing in, and also that the White House has just issued a statement, uh, according to many outlets here. It says, A senior White House official has said the U.S. is continuing to monitor develops in Hong Kong. Uh, 
the official said, quote, As the president has said, this is between Hong Kong and China with the understanding that they're looking for democracy, and I think most people want democracy. That seems to be the case so far. Will it remain that way? We don't know. We're going to be following this story, continuing to update you on what the people feel and what the government feels, breaking it all down for you on the Jay Doherty Podcast. It's 12.42 p.m. right now. We're going to end the show right here. 45 minutes into the show right here, right now. Thank you for listening. Appreciate uh, you being here. It's 12.43, Monday, August 12, 2019. We'll be back, uh, let's see, for episode number 100. 100 episodes, people. We'll be on Wednesday, August the 14th. And we'll be broadcasting live for a special Q&A. Call or text your questions at 312-625-8492. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week right here on the Jay Doherty Podcast. We thank you for listening. 312-625-8492.